0: So number 10, Oppenheimer. Yes, Oppenheimer make the top 10. And this is where we get tricky. This is where we get sticky, man. Yo, light up the exotic. We get into the real good stuff, the meat of the potatoes, like the meat and the potatoes of it all. So Oppenheimer, man, this movie, while I didn't, like, I'm going to keep it so real. It's in my top 10, but I'll never watch it again. You know why? Because I wasn't, I'm not smart enough for this movie to even care about what was going on in the movie. But as a movie goer, I can appreciate how good this movie was, how well shot it was, the uh, important historical, you know, context of it all. Um. It all just meant a lot. I mean, come on. We was able to win the war because of Oppenheimer. So the film to me very well. Um, the only thing that was bad about this movie to me is the guy at the end who tried to do a slow clap and failed miserably. I felt bad for him and I felt bad for him. You know, I did a slow clap and I, I forget what movie it was. I it could have been um Maybe it was Grand Turismo. It, it was some movie, but I did a slow clap. It worked. He did a slow clap. He fell miserably. Whatever, man. But as far as the movie, it was a really good movie. And I, you know why it's in my top ten? <laughs> Y'all know why, man? Cause I seen Florence Pugh's boobies, boobies, elite milk, elite milk, man. So. For that, Oppenheimer got to be in the top 10. Got to be. I could watch this movie again just to see them has. Now, it's was a long-ass movie, three hours, for sure. Long-ass movie. But it was worth it. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. killed it. Uh, I don't know if it's Killian or Cillian Murphy, but he dogged it. All his scenes, fire. Like bro, was not expecting Josh Peck in this movie. He bodied his role. Like the dude who who played uh the dude who played Einstein, he bodied it. Like, bro, every the acting in this movie was top tier, bro. And this is what I'm talking about, man. Christopher Nolan is the freaking man, bro. Like, he really bodied this film. Um and then um, it was something else I was gonna to touch on in this movie. Um, I think the most disappointing thing about it was the whole uh, atomic bomb of it all. I think me personally, I wanted to see, you know, the bomb get dropped on 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 the Japs, you know. I wanted to see, I wanted to see the bomb be reenacted, you know. On hiroshima you know but i mean they suffered enough so i get it i get it man because that was messed up man and people didn't deserve that i wouldn't be mad if uh killian i wouldn't be mad if he got an oscar for this film i really wouldn't be mad um to be to be real with you i think it's neck and neck with uh him and leo right now so this movie man was This movie was really good, to be real with you. And I would watch it again. It was very interesting. And again, the historical aspect of it is just incredible, okay? Number nine, Joyride. So, yo, I really enjoyed Joyride, if I'm just going to be so real with you. It had to be in my top 10 because I had so much fun with this film bro like you know when aubrey's business trip to asia goes sideways she enlists the help of lolo her childhood best friend cat a college friend and Deadeye, lolo's eccentric cousin their epic no holds barred experience becomes a journey of bonding friendship belonging and wild debauchery that reveals the universal truth of what it means to know and love who you are so while this movie is a straight ripoff of a girls' trip, it's like Asian girls' trip. Um I enjoyed it just as much as I enjoyed girls' trip, to be honest. And um, the humor in this is my type of humor, and uh a lot of great Asian stereotypical jokes, and um that type of stuff is needed in comedy. And I'm pretty sure, you know, the directors like I'm pretty sure this was like an asian film i don't think it was like you know the whites doing that type of stuff so yeah i i thought it was really good uh adele Lim, Lim, yeah and this is an asian chick or malaysian i don't know it got the asian in it so i'm pretty sure it's the same shit um uh, yeah man i thought it was really good man I, Yo, some of the comedy was just spot on like to me i'm gonna keep it so real this movie reminded me of like 19 like early 2000s comedy like watching Pineapple Express or um uh, uh Knocked Up watching those types of comedies that's what this film reminded me of and we need that I need that it like for a comedy you know um the no hard feelings, they they kind of captured that a little bit. But a lot of these comedies, man, they be like, so PC, it's kind of hard to really like. And it's like they always trying to drive a political message. Like when I watched that movie on Netflix with uh, jo- Jonah Hill and Lauren London, it's like always trying to drive a political message, you know, instead of just giving me a funny movie. So, yeah, man, I just this joy ride, to me, I would actually watch it again. If I could find it somewhere on streaming, I would. I wouldn't pay to watch it again. But if I could find it somewhere on streaming, I definitely would, and I really have no qualms about it, honestly, other than just the end because the end was just a little um. Like I really like the funny of it all, but once it got to the serious stuff, it just kind of like took the air out because the the funny shit was like when she realized she was like a. Uh, Uh, not Chinese, she was like, she was either Japanese or Korean or some shit, and the whole family just started going in on her, like, I mean, real racist, like, like how Puerto Ricans and Mexicans talk shit against each other, like, if you got a Puerto Rican homie, you, bro, if you got a Puerto Rican uh, friend, it was crazy how you hear them talk about Mexicans, you know, and they like all in the hispanic tree but the way they talk about mexicans i haven't really had i don't think i really had too many mexican homies, so um i don't really know how they talk but boy it goes down so that's what it reminded me of and i really thought that shit was funny man i thought it was funny number eight killers of the flower moon three and a half hours long this movie, honestly, I love this movie. This, So I went to go see this movie on my birthday. This was my birthday gift to me. I went to go see this on my birthday. And uh, my lady, as soon as we got done watching it, she was like, man, we could have watched this shit on streaming. But I really love, like, I'm the movie guy. Y'all know I've already said this. That would be my podcast name if it wasn't already taken. And then... I'm not going to be like, "Well, I'm the black movie guy" cuz y'all know I don't get down like that. Like respect me just for me, not because I'm black. So, yo, the this movie I really enjoyed. The the runtime did not do anything to me. Again, I don't have like a um I don't really have like a super weak bladder, you know what I mean? Like so if I go piss before the movie like or excuse my language if I go if I go uh go number 1 before the movie I'm usually good for a few hours unless I'm in there really like and if I'm really in there drinking and I don't get super drunk at the movie like if I bring like a beer in there because they be the theater I go to they sell some bullshit but if I bring like a malt liquor in there and I got a tall can I may have to go to the bathroom other than that, I'd be good. So the three and a half hour runtime did not do anything for me, to be honest with you. So real love crosses paths with unspeakable betrayal as Molly Burkhardt, a member of the Osage Nation, tries to save her community from a spree of murders fueled by oil and greed. And this is a true story. This is based on a true story. This takes place in the 1920s. And there's actually a book about it as well. And these were like the Osage tribe, man, they had a lot of bread, you know. They discovered oil oil on their land. And um, it's crazy how they was all picked off one by one. And uh, some of these people even got pardons. Um, So when I hear Martin Scorsese and I hear Leonardo DiCaprio, I say, How much of my money do you need? Because that's automatic. Like Scorsese, Leo, come on, man. That's automatic. And Leo, to me, he did a brilliant job in this again. Like Leo is such a good actor. Not one role feels the same. He doesn't feel like Leo DiGarno DiCaprio. He feels like with every character he is playing. I know that's Leo. But for some reason, he's able to capture the uh the magic, you know, and bottle that up and really just give different performances every time. And this one was no different, man. He really bodied this role. Um, so that's why I said him and uh Killian Murphy, they right there, I think, neck and neck. I might give the slight edge to Leo, honestly, but it's probably because I like this movie a little more than I did Oppenheimer now obviously this movie did not make clearly not even close to what Oppenheimer made doesn't mean it wasn't as good or even better and honestly I thought it was better it's a true story and it's one of those stories that deserve to be told um I mean it was 90 I think like a 94 percent at the box or rotten tomatoes and then like 84% on the audience score, and honestly, I think a lot of that is just because of the runtime, because I think if if you were to share maybe about a, a half hour off, maybe you get a 90%, but even then, I don't think it was anything you could take out of that movie. I think it all needed to be put in there, and um, I personally, I like when they show how devious motherfuckers was in those early days of the 1900s and how... You know, they used to just get away with it. Like, bro. Leonardo DiCaprio, his character, blew up his sister's house with his sister or not his sister, but his wife's sister's house. Blew it up with her and her husband in it. Killed, I believe, the husband was severely injured and the wife, like, her her brain was falling out the back of her head, bro. Like, it was crazy to watch. You know, he was giving his wife. She had diabetes, and this was around when they first developed insulin. Instead of just giving her the insulin, he was giving her poison. And bro, he only did like five years in prison. Like what? That is crazy to me. Like, you know, and I—they're not getting away with stuff like. I'm not sure they're not getting away with stuff like that now, but back in the days. Bro, you know, man, them white dudes was getting away with a lot. They was getting away with murder. Like, seriously. Like, when they say, Oh man, they get away with murder. Like, bro, they were literally getting away with murder. Like, and then honestly, Robert De Niro, he was obviously just a gem in this movie as well. Um, and his character, he got life or some shit, and he was only dead like five or six years. It's crazy, bro. it's, it's crazy. And I uh shout out to Martin Scorsese for putting the light on this because again, this was real. So I got to, you know, do I got to get the historical accuracies of stuff that went on in the 1920s, you know, around the time where the Oklahoma City bombings was going on. You know, uh when they killed Black Wall Street, man. So, you know, this was uh this was actually really good, and I recommend anyone to go watch this movie especially now that you can watch it on uh apple tv like you know you can watch it at home you don't gotta go and watch it in the theater because it was so long so yeah man i just really feel like that movie was really good to watch and um i would watch it again but honestly a movie that's three and a half hours long i really gotta have nothing to do you know what i mean but still very good very good Number seven, Creed three. So this was the first film I've ever seen in IMAX, and it was a delight. I'm not even going to lie. Like, I could really tell the difference, and I really enjoyed this film. Uh, the first film Michael B. Jordan directed, and he actually did a really good job. And this was, I believe, this might have kicked off my March movie madness, but regardless man this this was just a good it was a good film and it was like uh it was one of those films when you watching it and you get that uh like you get that feeling like uh adrenaline of uh seeing somebody go from nothing to something all of that plays a part in creed 3. um the worst thing about this movie (laughs) I hate to sound so bad, bro. And I I don't, I respect all of these actors and everything they do. And I like Michael B. Jordan in the movie, but the worst part about the movie was his acting. Like everything about it was great. The directing was great. Jonathan Majors was great. His daughter. I was actually surprised about how funny, how smart, how beautiful her acting was as being a deaf person and doing sign language. And to me, she stole the, she stole some of the movie, and then Michael B. Jordan, his acting kind of just brings it down a little bit, because for some reason, his acting just, I don't know if it's just not believable as him being a fighter or whatever it is, like his acting in um as Killmonger, incredible. Like that villainous act, very good. That, I don't know what it is about him being in Creed. I just don't like his acting as much, so... But it still was a really good movie, man. Um, you know, and then we got a little more on his backstory. And um, I uh, when I say his, I say creep. But uh, Jonathan Majors, man, um, he bodied it. Like, what he did in this movie is what he was supposed to do in Ant-Man. And that's why I put a lot of blame on, you know, the way he was acting. And, and I just put that blame on Marvel because, and not even just Marvel, but the director of that film, because he's great in Loki. You know, he's really good in Loki. So I just think it was something about him man that just he wasn't a good actor in, or he didn't have a good a lot of good lines because he bodied Creed 3. Like when he called, he when he called on when he called the first take and all of that stuff, that part was crazy. Like it was really good, like in the way he just was talking, just his bravado when he punched uh Michael B. Jordan character on the beach. And he was like, look at it now. I'm I'm the champ. Like, I'm heavyweight champ. Like he was really good, man. So shot out to Creed 3. The fight scenes, the action was amazing. Um, and of course, Michael B. Jordan had to win. And again, if I'm being so I get I get it. Michael B. Jordan's character already lost in the first film. So then if he loses again in the third film, it's like, well, damn. So I think it would have been, I'm going to keep it so real, this movie would have been a little better if, if, and that's just changing the whole thing, but if he could have won in the first film and then he ends up losing in this film, now you give me a reason to come back to see these two fight again in the fourth film. You know what I mean? Just to give a little more time, because you can already see that they want to kind of have the daughter be next up. So I think that that would have made a little more sense if um, he could have lost to Michael or to uh, Jonathan Major's character. But regardless, it was still a very good film. But um, I think the ending could have been just a little better. But seriously, still a good film. Still a good film. Number six, The Marvels. So this was pretty tough for me because I was trying my hardest because I love The Marvels. I seen this movie three times in theaters. I bought five tickets. I really enjoyed this movie. Um, So I wanted to put it in my top five. But I was really wrestling with the the number five film, and I'm not going to bury the lead on that, okay? But I was really struggling with it. But um, yeah, the Marvels dropped November 10th, uh, directed by Nia DaCosta. DaCosta, honestly, uh, honestly, Meryl, it was really, I love this movie. Not really too many flaws, though. The worst thing about this movie that I'm hearing from a lot of people is it felt rushed because it was 90 minutes. Like People wanted it to be a little longer, more flow, and I think it was the studio being just a little bit scared, like just trying to cut out anything that felt like filler or I don't know what it was, man, but this movie was really good. Brie Larson stuns again. Now, while I don't think it's better than Captain Marvel, a lot of people do. Uh, Captain Marvel just holds a special place in my heart. But the Marvels, it might, you know, you know, you got you might have to make some room. I think it's the ultimate comfort film, to be real with you. And that's not a slight at all. I love my comfort film. Story Love and Thunder, comfort film. Um, Happy Gilmore, comfort film. Like I love and I know that's way like like go from Love and Thunder to Happy Gilmore, but still, I'm just naming comfort films for me. But yeah, I just Yo, the Marvels, really good. Kamala, uh, Iman Vellani, she shined in this movie. I mean, and in Tiana Paris as Monica Rambeau. I mean, again, bro, they to me, all three of them shined, like, and, you know, they actually converged into one big, bright star, to be honest. So do I still feel like I want Captain Marvel 2? I do still feel like I want a solo Captain Marvel film. But if they want to just say this is Captain Marvel 2, I'll be I'm here for it. You know, maybe they won't make Captain Marvel 3 because this one flopped at the box office so bad. And um I don't know whose fault that is to blame. Like, I don't know who's to blame for that. Can you blame the writer strike? Can you blame the actor strike? Uh can you blame the fact that a lot of women didn't show up. Um, can you blame the fact that they didn't market it as, yo, this is a black woman director and market that to black women? Because you know, don't nobody support like black women support. So maybe they try, to, they try to go too far to their way to say, this isn't a woman superhero movie. This is just a superhero movie with women in it. Like maybe they went too far to the way to do that. But regardless man, it still ended up being the worst film in Marvel history when it comes to box office. Worse than Incredible Hulk, uh, worse than Thor: Love and Thunder or not Love and Thunder, uh Thor, uh The Dark World, worse than The Flash even. I think it did, I think it might Was it I don't think it did worse than Blue Beetle. But uh, I'm going to keep it so real with you, though, man. Mostly everything that came out, like in November, they all just, they didn't really do good. Like Kills of the Flower Moon had $200 million budget, did like $138 or $150 at the box office. A lot of stuff in November. I don't know. Maybe it's just towards the end of the year. A lot of people checked out. Maybe this movie would have been better as a summer flick. I don't know why they waited all the way to November because, I mean, shit, Guardians came out and um, I think, yeah, it came out Cinco de Mayo. Yo, this movie should have been coming out at least August, you know, while people were still out of school. I think it just came out the wrong time, man. It was just all a recipe for a failure and I hate that, but as far as the film, I mean, this scene right here with the uh, the the bouncing and... Everyone doing a thing and the whole montage, the workout scene. Y'all know I love a good workout montage scene when it comes to superheroes. So I think this one was just as good, man. I thought I thought it was just as good as the montage, like the workout or um, when the Spider-Man, when the Spider-Bros, when they did their workshop scene, like, you know, I thought it lived up to it and I'm going to keep it real. The action. The action in this film, I might think, is the best that Marvel put out this year. I thought the action was better than anything in Guardians outside of that one shot. That last one shot was fired. But as far as the whole film, I think um, it was better than anything in in Ant-Man for sure. So, yeah, I I thought the action was really good. Some brutal kick-ass scenes. And then the uh the the comedy was peak to me i thought samuel jackson was you know a gem as well and again i don't want to keep i don't have to keep harping on it but um the lady who plays uh kamala khan's mom bro she's just incredible like and i just always want to shout her out zenobia schroff yo she's amazing all honestly, bro, this this movie was just really good. It picked up picked up right from the Marvel or Miss Marvel TV show, and um, yeah, it was really good. I honestly, when this movie comes out, I think I'm gonna do like a binge. I'm gonna just binge the entire thing. I'm gonna binge the entire Marvel or the entire uh, Miss Marvel, and then watch the Marvels because it's that good to me. Okay. And yes, I've seen it three times. And shit, when it comes out on Disney Plus, I'm gonna watch it some more. And I think actually, I'm just gonna buy this film. To be real with you, um, I think I'm gonna just buy this. You know, because I really like this film, and I don't want to watch it with ads on Disney (laughs) Plus. Before we get into the top five, please make sure you're following at Kevin Twenty Seven World on Instagram, Twitter. Aka X, subscribe on YouTube at Kevin Twenty Seven World. Also get five star ratings on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, because that helps get this podcast many more listeners and followers. Okay, and I know y'all listening because I seen I seen my uh, Spotify stats and uh yeah I know y'all listening. So number five and uh, yeah man, this is what we was wrestling with. So. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume three number five for show um I was gonna put the Marvels but then and and I think I've been a little more critical of um I've been a little more critical of Guardians and um honestly than I should because while I like the ending of uh the Marvels the most. It's not even honestly I think the whole thing with the Guardians is um it's not even that it's just such a better movie I think it was just good for closure when you talk about you know as far as the whole crew but um uh, this movie was really good and I'm gonna tell you what took it over the edge to me when I weighed the villains of Darbin And the High Evolutionary, the High Evolutionary takes the cake. I mean, he took the cake, sliced it all up, you know. So with that being said, man, I had to do that. And I felt like it was only appropriate because the villain for Guardians 3 was just much better. And honestly, I don't even think it's close. Now, while I like Darbin as a villain, she's nowhere near High Evolutionary. And um, yeah, so for that, for that. And I think with the the emotional, the emotion that comes with Guardians of the Galaxy 3, I think Guardians was just a slightly better movie. You know, now, which one did I enjoy more? I might say the Marvels, but I think objectively Guardians 3 is just a better movie. Uh, Chris Pratt, my guy, um, the only out of place thing in the movie was uh, Zoe Saldana as Gamora. Like. Yo, they could have just let her be dead, bro. I'm just keeping it so real with you. I really don't didn't like her in the film. She was good, but she just didn't seem like she was very needed, okay? So, yeah, they could have did that a little better. But I thought the Swan Song was good, man. I thought the goodbye to the Guardians was good. The goodbye to James Gunn was good as well now that he's on his own journey in dc so yeah man guardians of the galaxy Volume 3 that's a must watch all the time like i could watch that a lot of times and to be real with you i think it's the best movie marvel put out in 2023 for sure for sure as far as the mcu number 4 uh coincidentally john wick 4 yes john wick chapter four john wick chapter four amazing i don't even think it's really it's not even debated i've seen like one like one podcast say that the movie was sorry other than that mostly everybody loved john wick four it was the highest grossing film of the franchise i went to go see it twice um i don't go see movies twice unless they're marvel movies i seen this movie twice. So, yeah, man, I've seen it twice, and I bought it. Like, I own the movie on digital. You know what I mean? So, which uh, was a bad move because I don't even know why. I did it because whatever. It don't even matter why I did it. But anyways, yo, John Wick 4, amazing movie. The nod to all the OG action films, the OG video games. Like, everything in it, the Warriors, like, they just, bro, this was like um, a love letter to every action movie and video game from the 80s and 90s and two thousand. It's just, bro, honestly, and the fact that they was able to fit it all in this movie, one film, was incredible to me, John Wick, amazing, Uh, Keanu Reeves as John Wick, amazing, Lawrence Fishburne being back, great again, um, and I'm gonna keep it real. The villain, yo, he was the shit to me. His whole, um, his whole demeanor was just incredible to me. Um, uh, Marquis, that was his name, the mark Marquis, right? Yeah, he was just, he was incredible to me. Um, who else was really good? Uh, Donnie Yen is Kane. I mean, come on. Like, his whole scene when he just walk in and, you know, everything just going crazy. And then uh, he just walk in so calm and he just started Whooping shit and he blind. So he got that whole blind thing going on. And it's always impressive seeing a blind man beat people up. Like that trope has just not gotten old yet. I mean, I loved it with Toph and Avatar. I loved it with uh with blind samurai. Um bro the blind trope, Daredevil. Like the blind trope just hasn't gotten old to me yet. Um, definitely we're gonna be seeing. The new trope is uh, deaf characters, and um, we're gonna see if that's gonna be able to translate as well when Echo comes out. But the blind, the blind shit, man, it just it it, it doesn't get old. And uh, I mean, shit, they even, bro, they gave a, a homage to the westerns and the draw and all of that, sh- man. Let me tell you, man. Let me tell you like this, bro. They need John Wick Five and Nick Keanu. We need you, man. We need you. I know you died at the end of John Wick 4 and all of that stuff. You want to rest in peace. You did what you had to do. But, man, you're just too cold for that shit, man. Like, you're too cold for that, man. So, yo, I'm not mad at it. Uh, Who else was in this movie that was crazy? The fat dude, which he isn't fat. He was fat fishing. He definitely was a fat dude in a purple suit, and he's not really fat in real life. So, I was a little disappointed, but even then, they put on for the fat dudes, like, all of the action scenes were just, in. bro, these action scenes was, like, they had, like, 20-minute action scenes, like, some of the action scenes were, like, 20, 30 minutes, just watching straight gunfire, nunchucks, fucking um, all kind of batons, just, it was crazy, bro, so... Yeah, man, John Wick 4, incredible, and honestly, one of the best films I've seen this year. And um, I mean, man, hands down, I couldn't, honestly, bro, and I think that was March Movie Madness as well. When did John Wick come out? That's all I'm saying, bro. March Movie Madness was crazy. Yeah, it came out March twenty-four. That's what I'm like, boy. First movie, Madness with the shit. Number three, Fast 10. Yeah, Fast 10 is in my top five, top three, and it ain't fall. Like, what is it? Says it's my top four and it ain't faux. It's three. Um, Dante, let's just get right to the shits. Bro, the best villain of this year. It's not even close. He was better than the High Evolutionary. He was better than the Spot. He was better than uh Creed, the uh John character from Creed. He was better than um uh, Ball Balls or whatever from Super Smash, but he was the best villain this year because he was the craziest. It's like they was like, Yo, Jason Momoa, how crazy do you want to get? And he was like, Yes. And they was like, wait, you want to get like, wait, huh? And they was like, wait, you want more crazy than that? And Jason Momoa is like, no, the crazy I want, I want to be painting a dead man's nails and a not just any dead man, a dead man that's the candle like he's been dead for about a week. Like, yo, Jason Momoa, he was so good. It almost made me want to go see Aquaman. Almost. Almost. But I didn't like the first one. So I ain't going to see that shit. But almost made me want to go see Aquaman. But he really bodied this. Like, and I said his performance in this was uh, a Jigsaw meets Joker, early Joker from, you know, the Heath Ledger days. And he just combined those and made a new character. So, man, he was really good. And you know how when you hype a movie up so good, I went to go see this movie with my mom. Um, you know you hype a movie up so good we was hyping it up to my brother Chris so much he went to go see it and then he called me he was like bro you was not lying like yo Fast 10 even he said it he was like Fast 10 was better than Guardians 3 and I was like see I knew I wasn't tripping he was like that movie was better than Guardians 3 and Dante definitely he got the crown right now for villains and I said I think he was like I say he's one of the best villains of the last 20 years. And I'm standing on that. I would put his, the way he acted in this movie, right next to Thanos. Like he was really good in this movie as a, as a villain. And obviously the rest of the cast, the characters was great. You talk about Vin Diesel and uh, bringing along his son uh, and Letty and all of these, you know, the regular cast of characters, it was typical, the crazy stunts. I know a lot of people like to me, this trope or this whole uh, discussion is getting old. Like, when do they stop for gas or how come uh, this and that? It's like, bro, this is an action movie for him. But two, you got to look at Dom as a superhero when he's behind the wheel of a car and whatever. He don't even have to be behind the wheel. This man lifted a car up with his hands like Something about a car for him is that's his superpower. And you just have to accept that. And once you accept that, these movies are so fun. It's like when you accept that he could just jump off a cliff and somehow uh, a crane or ra- like he could just drive off a cliff and ram into a crane and it's going to do this. And, bro, all of that. Bro, you just got to accept that that's his superpower. And if you accept it, you would love these movies even more. So, yeah, man, I just... Uh, Fast 10, highly, highly recommend it. I've seen that movie twice in theaters. Watched it a couple times on Peacock. Very good movie. Highly recommend it. And like I said, the the villain, yo, Jason Momoa, bodies, body ody ody it. So, number two, Across the Spider-Verse. I know y'all probably thinking, wow, number one wasn't Across the Spider-Verse? This is a man with a Spider-Man chain. Yes, I love this movie for sure. I thought Across the Spider-Verse was right there. It's one of the best movies I've seen this year. Um, even though I've only seen it twice in theaters, which is a little crazy. But it's definitely one of the best movies I've seen this year. But I did buy it. Um, My problem with it, while I can't put it number one, it's its beginning and its ending. Like, I'm just keeping it so real. The beginning starts off with Gwen, Spider-Gwen. And I get it was paramount to the story. But, yo, 20 minutes of just straight Gwen. This isn't her movie. And I thought that just, it it took me out of it a little bit. Everything after that with Miles all the way until the movie ends is great. But just that early 20 minute, man, is why I couldn't put it number one. Because number one, I was locked in from beginning to end. This one, I wasn't as much. And to be real with you, this movie doesn't feel like a complete movie. Like, I know people could try to argue it all the time. Oh, it's his own movie. Yeah, that's true. But initially, this movie was, because, was called Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. And then they came and changed it. And I think it's because they. I think they knew in their heart of hearts this wasn't going to. Because remember, Beyond the Spider-Verse is supposed to come out in February. They know they're not making that deadline. So I think they knew okay, let's change it. That way you don't, you know, it's not like an end game type of thing because this move, the ending was just like, it just ended and nothing was resolved. It's like, okay, you know what the ending, the ending was like a, a TV show ending. It's like, oh, wow. That was a crazy cliffhanger to come back for next, next year. A lot of people compare it to Infinity War and Endgame game and how those two parts of the story, while that is true, Thanos won in Infinity War. He won. What he set out to do, that's when you realize this whole movie, it's an Avengers movie about Thanos. It's Thanos movie, you know, and he won, and that was the end of it. No one won in this movie in the Across the Spider-Verse. There was no, like, can we say spot one? We don't know. You know, Uh, yeah, Miles was able to get away from the Spider-Crew, but... And he was able to do his own thing. But did he win? No. He ended up in a different universe. Like, you know, like, I don't know, bro. So I feel like the everything in that movie from after the Gwen part, like when we, when we show up in the bodega, all the way until right before the end. Like, every, even the end was good. It's just the ending made it bad, if that makes sense. The ending was good if it was a TV show. But for a movie, nah, I ain't, I wasn't feeling it as a as a movie. So for that, it was number two. But everything other than that, the comedy, the action, um, it all was great. The seeing the cameos, you know, um, everything was great about it. Other than the beginning and the ending of the movie, so that is why it gets number two. Okay, again, before we get to the last one, man, follow Kevin Twenty Seven World and get five star ratings and please like comment subscribe on this video and um make sure to turn on notification bells and please five star rate me on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and you can also turn on notification bells there so you don't ever miss an episode of Straight Out of Marvel or Kevin 27 World or This is Cinema number 1 rev your engines yep Gran Turismo. Yep. Number one is Gran Turismo. Um, This movie, from beginning to end, I was locked in. And I'm not even BSing with you. Like, the montage that starts and they start telling you about the creator and how the creator of the game, Gran Turismo, and how he created the most realistic version of, um, you know, of all of these racetracks and how it became a simulator and all of this stuff. It just locked me in instantly. And then the character who plays, the actor who plays John he just embodies the role so hard to make me believe, like, he's the real Yon. You know what I mean? Like, when I'm watching interviews of him and the real Yon, I'm like, bro, you the real Yon. Like, you know what I mean? I just, and again, we're talking about expectations here. So I didn't expect this movie to even be as great. And I'm not even going to lie. By the end of the film, bro, I damn near wanted to cry. Not even the end of the film. Uh, Not even the end of the film. I mean, even during the film, towards like, It was, it was incredible, bro. Like, and honestly, I really wanted to, uh, read some of the comments on here because if you look at the comments on, um, on Gran Turismo on YouTube, bro, here's one best movie I've seen this year. Here's another one. I never leave reviews on any movies, but this one is truly a 10 out of 10. Another person, nine out of 10 recommended. Wow. What a great story. So close to raking it 10 out of 10 uh yeah the rest of that's stupid but uh brilliantly uh someone said brilliantly paced entertaining adaption of an incredible true story ever filmed bro this movie was just honestly this movie was incredible it was an ins like the most inspirational movie i've seen prob probably i don't want to say in my lifetime But it might be like when we talking about because like I'm a gamer. So to see a guy and um, for those who didn't see Gran Turismo, let's just give a little backstory on it real quick because it's not like it made a lot of money. so gran turismo is a 2023 movie based on the true story of jan martinborough a teenage gran turismo gamer who became a professional race car driver the movie stars archie matic as martinborough david harbour blah 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 blah. and this shit on netflix the the movie is about a team of underdogs Including Martinborough, a struggling gamer, a failed race car driver, and a motorsport ex- executive who risked it all to compete in the world's most elite sport, and it's inspired by Martinborough's real life experience at the first ever GT Academy, which took place in 2008. So yeah, bro, like this 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 type of stuff makes you wonder, like, with Rotten Tomatoes. Like the tomato meter is a 65%. And then the audience score is 98%. And it kind of it just kind of makes you wonder like what's going on. Like it's just no consistency because the movie was just incredible. I mean, Orlando Bloom, incredible. David Harbour, incredible. Like when he says a story about all of these people thinks that you can do it, I'm here to prove that you can't. Like it just sends chills, just send chills down my spine. Like, David Harbour acted his ass off in this movie. Like, it. I don't know, man. It was really good. I mean, uh, G- G-Mon Hanson, he was uh, Steve's dad. He was great again. Like, he was great. Like, all of this, like, the whole movie, bro, was just truly inspiring, you know? And um, we'll dive deep into it because, I mean, this is going to be in my top 10 of movies, period. I don't know where it's going to land when I do my uh, ultimate review for 2023 for New Year's, but we definitely going to dive deeper into it, like some of the scenes. But, bro, it was just honestly, bro, if you haven't seen Gran Turismo, go watch it. I mean, it's it's a it's an amazing story of triumph, of um, never giving up on your dreams, of always believing in yourself, of um, it's that thing. That Will Smith said, like, no one is to believe in your dreams but you because they are your dreams. And uh, a lot of times, um, we as people, like, we feel resentment towards our family, our friends, because, hey, man, you ain't posting my music. Or you ain't, you you will post a stranger's music, but you won't post my music. Or you'll post a stranger's podcast, but you won't post mine. You know why? Is because they believe in that stranger. They don't believe in you. And it's up to you to make people believe in your dreams because they aren't your dreams. They're, or they aren't their dreams. They are your dreams. And, um, they're only going to go as far as you take them, you know, like you can only go as far as you can take yourself. And yes, life is about who, you know, but sometimes when those opportunities come and it it may feel like it was meant for you, you know, like, if they never did the GTA Academy thing, this movie is never made. You know what I mean? Like that was another thing that I thought was real corny about the tomato meter. How you going to hate on a true story? I mean, this, this, if you, when I read uh, on um, the real young from what is in his Wikipedia and his life story, the, the movie follows that from beginning to end like they showed his triumphs how he almost finished in the top spot on the top five and then um lost and kept losing and fucking uh able was able to finish third in Dubai like it followed the story well so I'm not sure why they it was hated on so much for the, the critics but it was a really good movie man and that's why it's my number one film of the year. And um, it hasn't been a film, like, to bring me to tears since Spider-Man No Way Home. And that's because I was, like, overly just joyed. Like, I had so many emotions running through my body. Like, it had nowhere to go but out in tears. Like, I was so happy, like, filled with joy. You know what I mean? So, this movie... It brought me to tears, man, because it was just so inspiring. It just taught you to never give up on your dreams, man. Never give up on your dreams, whether you're a podcaster and because uh, I've seen a lot of people's stuff, bro. Like I've seen a lot of people's Spotify stats this year, and some people had like only five listeners, as like it was like five people as their number one podcast. That was mine last year. And this year it was 105. So, you know what I mean? Like, you just got to keep grinding, you know? And I even got to tell myself that, you know? So that's why this movie is number one for me, because it's just truly inspirational. And um, it's one of the best movies I've seen this year. Hands down, in theaters. Hands down, in theaters. Best movie I've seen this year. And um, I don't even think it's close, man. So that's why Gran Turismo is my number one movie. So do you agree with my top 10? Do you agree? Was I too harsh on the ones in the 20s? Was I too harsh on the 10 to 15, the 15 to 20 range? Was I too harsh? Should I have some of those, those 10 to 15? Should some of those be in the top 10? What should I take out of my top 10? Let me know at Kevin27World on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube in the comment sections. Like, and make sure you turn in that notification bell. Please subscribe. And uh, please five-star rate me, my podcast on Apple and uh, Spotify. It shows Kevin27. This is an episode of This is Cinema, the 2023 wrap-up. And we will be continuing this. So uh, I will see you guys later on for What If. And uh, believe until you make believers.